Welcome to another chaotic episode of my life featuring me filming and recording this in our bedroom because the acoustics in my office are terrible. There's essentially no furniture in there. We are six days out from moving and I am just stressed out of my mind. I'm recording this on Tuesday. We literally have less than 24 hours to get this episode recorded, edited, exported, which takes longer than you would think, and uploaded to YouTube because it's fine uploading to Apple and Spotify. It's actually quite easy, but YouTube is the one that gets me. It takes an unreasonable amount of time to upload it. I don't know why. And so I decided because we are so close to moving, everything's a mess, uh, and I don't have time to plan out the episodes the way that I would like, that I would do a Q&A this week. I got eight questions, I think. We are starting off strong with the first question. Kiara asks, how has smoking helped your mind, body, and soul, and how often do you use it? Thank you for your question. I'm very excited to dive into this because I don't talk about my usage of cannabis often, which I can just imagine my poor mother hearing this and just being so sad and ashamed that I use drugs, which I I hate thinking of it that way because I'm like, alcohol is more damaging than weed has ever been. Like, there are so many statistics showing how alcohol is like both damaging to like your mind and body, but also like just emotionally, mentally. Um, I grew up in a family where my dad abused alcohol. Uh, In fact, we had this moment happen my freshman year of college where he had to go to the emergency room because he had like 10 times the amount of alcohol in his system. It was scary. He's not drank since then. Like he's the kind of person who can go cold turkey on things, which is wild to me because you'd think you need to go to like AA meetings or a detox program, something like that. And But he quit and it's been like, fuck, I don't even know, seven, eight years at this point. So I'm like, kudos to him. That's awesome. Um, weed is very different. I don't love how people say it's non-addictive because I used to believe that. And I like, I do definitely think it is addictive to some extent, especially if someone starts using it as a crutch or if they like wake and bake, which means like you wake up and you start smoking or you take an edible immediately. So I have a very interesting relationship with it because if you don't already know, I grew up in a very Christian household. Drugs were like completely off limits. And yet again, going back to the fact that there was alcohol and alcoholism running through my family and was so destructive, way more destructive than weed has ever been to me. And and so there's that. Um, But I did not start like experimenting with it until we actually moved out to Vegas. I still remember the first time that I got high. It was absolutely magical. We were on a trip with our friends in California and I had gotten some edibles and I was so nervous taking them because I think they were like five milligrams each. And like when you were brand new to using cannabis, like you obviously want to take things really slow because it can be overwhelming if you get too high. Uh, But the boys were like doing a cookout Kevin is outside watering his plants right now. And I'm like suddenly very distracted. God, this is scuffed as hell. Anyway, the boys were cooking out. The girls were just hanging out. And like some of us got high. And I still remember I was sitting on this bar stool in the kitchen watching uh, some of the guys cook. And I had taken like half of that gummy and I didn't feel anything for like over an hour. Because if you don't know anything about cannabis and gummies and whatnot... 
Uh, Those can take a while to kick in. One of the guys was like opening the fridge and dude, I don't know what happened, but I thought he was an Amazon box. I know that sounds weird and it was wild. It was very strange. And I just like looked over and I was like, oh, there's James. It, It was just, it was so strange. Like, and that's when I knew something was kicking in. And then I looked over at one of our friends and I started laughing at her because she was just like already baked and she was sitting on the couch, like just kind of zoned out and I could not stop laughing. And then at one point I went into the guest bedroom uh, because we were in an Airbnb and I like turned on some music and it was so beautiful. I was like listening to New Year's Day by Taylor Swift and like a couple of my other favorite songs. And it was just like, it's so colorful And it like, if you know anything about synesthesia, uh, I get a lot of that when I'm high and I listen to music. In fact, tangent, when the Taylor Swift Midnight's album came out, I was high and I listened to the entire thing and God, the colors in the album and the way that I could see like either like music videos or just like patterns and shapes to it. It's just absolutely incredible. Uh, And then we were sitting outside. We had a really great dinner and that's like the hardest that I have laughed. Like, I think ever, honestly, like my stomach was hurting and I took a video of it. Like I had the camera just facing me. Um, but you can like hear our conversations cause one of our friends like had smoked and I don't think he'd realized how much he had smoked. And he started rambling about like how great of an invention that dishwashers are. And then you could get the little Tide, not Tide Pods, but you know, like the little pod dishwasher pods that you put in and like, we're all fucking rolling. God, it was hilarious. Um, and so that was two years ago. Uh, I have experimented with edibles. I've had a vape before, like a vape cannabis pen. I have tried some joints. I just, I can't get behind joints, man. Joints are just weird. I burn my throat every time. I hate it. Uh, and I recently was introduced to bowls. Uh, and I have this very cute little, um, uh, it, it looks like a little like flower. It's like pink. Cause of course it's pink and it's kind of like a sunflower. Like someone like it's glass. I'm pretty sure it's glass. Um, I feel very stupid that I like don't know how to properly describe this, but it has like cute little bees on it. It's so cute. And I really like this because it only takes one hit for me to get high. And from there I can just coast. God, I, man, I'm like now realizing I, I have the perfect amount of questions because I've now been talking about cannabis for almost 10 minutes. Um, and I'm like, who's going to be interested in listening to this? I don't know. I just, I get it because it was very taboo for me. Like, you know, I thought of the kids in high school who were smoking and doing drugs in general, like, you know, drinking and getting high. And I just always looked down on them. And now I feel very differently because I've seen how weed has helped me, especially creatively. Uh, it Like, it helps me not feel as anxious to have like really hard conversations. Because there have been times in the past that my partner and I have maybe have like gotten into like minor disagreements and I'm If I have been high during those, and I don't mean like just blasted out of my mind, but just if I have been high, like I can communicate what I'm feeling a lot better. And that has now translated into how I interact like when I'm not high. So there's like three different, if you don't know anything about weed, there's three different strains or like versions of cannabis that you can get. One is sativa, which is like kind of based, I mean, there's like more energy behind it. I know I'm not going to be explaining this well. It's fine. There's hybrid, uh, which is a hybrid between like the next one, which is indica. And it's more one that like people will use that for sleep 
or, uh, you know, you just kind of like smoke and you chill on the couch and you don't do anything else. I only use it in the evenings and I used to use it every day for like a couple of months and then I like got really tired of using it. And that's when I had a vape pen and you have to like smoke multiple times in order to keep the high up. And again, this is why I really like my bowl because I get one hit, I'm done. I'm not like excessively smoking. Um, And like this particular strain that I have now is really great. It fuels my creativity. Uh, I've used it in the evenings and I draw and it's just like I can see the way that I want my art to lay out like so much better. Like it enhances what I'm doing. Um, It can make things a lot more funny. Um, But I have boundaries with it because I, I don't want to use it through the day. Um, I've never liked that. I don't like feeling like I'm out of control of my body because when you do smoke or when you do use like cannabis, it isn't like this for everyone, but at least for me, like I'm done for the day, like, or at least I'm done for the evening. Like chores have to be done. I need to be showered, um, unless like we're with friends or something and that's a little different. But for the most part, it's like my chores have to be done. Things need to be relatively cleaned up, like depending on the level of high that I'm going to be. I never want it to be something that I like, I'm not using it to self-medicate. I use it as like, you know, some people like to have like a glass of wine or they make a drink for themselves when they get home. It's like, I don't have to have this. In fact, like because of my relationship now with like my little bowl and the strain that I am using, um, last night I was just like, I'm not in the mood. I'm not going to do it. And I'll go through like cycles of like going like every few days, like not smoking or I only use it on weekends. Like I would definitely say like I have a much healthier relationship with it than I originally did when I was first experimenting with it. So Kiara's question was, how has smoking helped your mind, body and soul? How often do you use it? Pretty sure I answered most of that. Um, It fuels my creativity so much, though, and I do love listening to music when I use it and uh yeah, it's it's certainly not for everyone. I know people who get more anxious when they smoke um, or like it just makes them feel weird or it may clash with like some medicines that they're using. Um, but I, I've had some really great experiences with it. And it's something that makes me like really excited for living in L.A. because we have some friends of ours who like there was like one time we went to L.A. and we were on the beach and we all brought sandwiches from this like little bodega and uh, they had like a pack of Uno cards and we like all like uh, passed a joint around, which there is something I would say like quite spiritual about that. I don't know how to describe that, but it's just something about passing around like this joint together and we're all in like this collective headspace or whatever. And hello, the cats are fighting. And if you're watching the video, I'm now seeing like it caught whatever just happened. Hello. I have like, I think I have three of the cats accidentally locked in the bedroom with me. I may have to get up in just a second to let them out. Yeah, so it's just, it's wholesome and wonderful. And it's been, oh, oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. This is not the usual content. Like I, I would prefer it to be like so much more professional. And that's like how I originally scripted this podcast. But man, you were getting the most unscripted, unedited version of me right now. So, God fucking 15 minutes later, hopefully that answered your question. I am an advocate for it. Um, It's really nice having access to dispensaries. In fact, I actually need, before we move, to go back to like 
like our favorite dispensary um because I want to get the strain that I use because I'm like I don't know if like the dispensaries in LA are going to have this strain um it also it doesn't give me headaches I will say that there are certain strains that have like given me headaches or they last too long it's very interesting like uh, it is really cool to to talk with like the bud tenders at a dispensary if like you live in a state where it's legal because they like are able to offer like so much more knowledge than I even have and they can explain like each element that goes into it and yeah I have a lot of respect for it um, my relationship with it it's very important to me to have a very healthy relationship with it. Hello, it is voiceover editing Emily popping in to let you know that the next 30 minutes of audio is unfortunately a little peaky. Um, When I accidentally tripped over my cord that like plugs up my headphones and microphone, I guess the volume button got a little weird on the microphone and I just peak a lot in the next 30 minutes and I feel very embarrassed about it. Um, because once again, I feel like I'm just sitting here. It's one thing after another each week of like the video cutting out on me while I'm filming it. And so I switched over to filming on my phone and now the audio is weird and I just want things to feel really professional and I'm just kind of embarrassed that it's not. So yeah, um, I turned the volume down as much as I could. So it's not too loud for your ears, uh, It's not awesome. Maybe I'm just being too hard on myself, but I'm sorry for that. And I will be more mindful of that in the next few episodes. I wish I had time to re-record, but I unfortunately don't. So just got to work with what we got. Thanks for listening. I went to let the cats out of the room and I tripped over the cord for my headphones and it like unplugged the headphones from the microphone. And I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Question number two comes from Nico. Best things to do slash see in New York. And what is your most favorite photo you've ever taken and where was it at? Perfect question because both of these happen in New York. Um, So I've not been back to New York in almost the duration of time that Kevin and I have been together. The last time I went was end of 2019 and it was for a work trip. So even then I didn't go for myself. The last time that I like really went to New York for myself, I left on May 8th, 2019 and I came back May 15th. And then the next day is like when I consider mine and Kevin's anniversary because that's like when we first like met up and uh, it's a whole thing. I don't feel super qualified to talk on this because I've not been back since before the pandemic. I really want to go back and I'm hoping now that I have a full-time job and healthcare and Things are going to be quite expensive in LA, but just wanting to save up for that because it's New York is like a mecca for me. Like, I have missed being there so much. I've had so many moments of wishing I could move there, uh, wondering if that's like the direction that I want to go. And just, yeah, um, I'd love to like go more in depth about my like relationship and love for New York in a different episode. Um, But like best things to do and see one that I will always actually there's two that like without fail, I will always make sure I go to are the Brooklyn Bridge and the One World Trade Center. So uh, in regards to the Brooklyn Bridge, there's like one specific bench that I would always go to uh, and I've caught it at sunset during the rain at night 
and I have yet to see it at sunrise because like the sunrise actually like rises from like on the opposite end of the city. The sunset like will set behind the like buildings and my favorite photo is my desktop photo and I'll include it here if you're watching the video. Um, this is my favorite photo that I've ever taken. I want it framed and I don't know why I've never framed it. Now that I think about it, I have framed other New York photos except for this one. What the fuck? It also has a really special story behind it because it was from my first trip. I was very excited to see it. I'd had this very specific vision for like a video that I was going to be making for New York. And the first shot was going to be the back of my head turning slowly and you'd catch like the side glimpse of my like face and it would go black and then you'd see other shots. And then there's like before like the drop in the music and I'll link this like in both the show notes and like in the YouTube so you can like actually go see this video for yourself like right before the music drops I like fully turn around and you see my face and I'm smiling and I had like imagined myself having like the sun behind me and uh I made it to the bridge and it was the most fucking beautiful wonderful sunset I've ever seen And I got like some of my most favorite photos ever just standing there. I met this like random guy who like took photos for me and we chatted for a while. Never saw him again. And that was like, that's, oh, that's something else that I really love about New York is these like chance, magical moments between humans of just you being a human and them being a human and you never see them again. And sometimes you don't even ask for their name. Oh, I have so many stories about that, especially from my first trip. Um, but yeah, that, uh. That is my favorite photo. Um, And then, okay, so the second place to go check out the One World Trade Center. So I have a very intimate relationship with that entire section of the city. Um, I may have mentioned this in the last episode or at some point. This feels kind of familiar that I'm talking about this, but I've gone up in the Freedom Tower only once and it's very emotional for me because like when I've like looked down you can see the both pools of where the original twin towers stood I was four when 9-11 happened I do not remember anything but I have always felt like 9-11 is I mean it, it is really is just one of the most defining moments in American history and for it to happen in a city that is already so resilient and hardworking. You know, to see, like, growing up, I remember watching a lot of, like, 9-11 documentaries on, like, the Discovery Channel or whatever, and it's so incredibly heartbreaking to see, and it's also so unique to hear stories of New Yorkers who were living there when it happened, and they can tell you exactly where they were and what they were doing, Um, and I think there's, like, God, I don't even know if this, like, because this is not meant to sound insensitive, but, like, I wish I could remember Or I wish like I was a part of like the collective who have memories of this because I know that that was like such an awful, terrible moment that also like seemed to bring a lot of people together and just showcases the resilience of New York in general. And like I always looked to that as inspiration, motivation and encouragement during some of my darkest times of like, you know, we we hit ground zero. And the great news is. The only direction you can now go is up. And you know, you see them clearing the rubble and the ash for years and like working together to build up this like skeletal framework of the new building that is essentially like a middle finger to the rest of the world that it's like, you can terrorize us and you can try to tear us down. We're going to come back even stronger than before. And we are resilient. Um, 
and it, it is just so special to me being able to like go back there stand there I tear up whenever I can just like stand underneath the building and look up because I feel so small and I love that I love that feeling uh it's also really important to me to go and pay my respects to the pools uh because if you don't know um the pools have every single name of every single person who lost their lives like engraved onto the stone I think it's stone or marble um it makes me very angry when I go there and I see people sitting on the edges or just not paying it the respect that it deserves. I've still not done the 9-11 Museum. I do not know if I'd be able to handle that, if I'm being honest. I would love to. I just don't know if I can handle it. Other things, though. Um, I do think Times Square is wonderful. I love taking photos there. I'm sure if I went back, like, because it's been so long, I would go to Times Square and see it. I don't know if I'd want to go at night or during the day because I've been to both. And, like, both is actually really interesting. Like, night is classic, but it's really cool to see during the day. I mean, that's definitely a must. You just have to because there's nothing like that. I still remember stepping out from the subway when I first flew there. God, I will never forget this. Like, stepping out of, like, the 42nd Street uh, I think it's the one line subway. God, I was just like, it. it is unlike any place I've ever been to, any city I've been to. It is so bright and so bustling. There are so many people. God, I was just wide eyed when I first went there. There's so many great bagel places. They're not lying when they say that the pizza is fucking fantastic and the bagels are even better. Um, I wish I could remember what the bagel place that I love going to is called. I know that it is, it is close to the Macy's, which is, I think, off of 34th Street. Fuck, it has been a while since I've thought about this. Um, but there's a really wonderful uh, bagel shop over there. On my last trip to New York, I went to a couple of restaurants that Anthony Bourdain loved. One of them is called, I think, Russ and Daughters, something like that. And I had a lox bagel for the first time. And that was really great. I love wandering the city. As for like specific places to see, um, part of me feels like I'm not, I don't know. I just, I haven't seen enough. I haven't done enough. I still haven't been up in the Empire State Building, um, like the top of the rock. I have not I have been to one Broadway show and I went to the Phantom of the Opera and I'm so happy I got to do that. I had a friend of mine who was able to hook me up with box seats somehow. Wild. Um, That was really special. That was a really special night. And I went to New York by myself. I think the reason why I've always felt connected to New York is because it has always been a me thing. I've like met up with some friends there, but it is it is my city. Central Park is really wonderful, too. I know that's such a basic answer, but it really is. I've run there before. It's just, it's enough for me to be there and to like go into bodegas and ride the subway and always like looking for things to photograph because that was, New York was my playground to take photos in. So yeah. Third question is from Kat. What's your relationship with your brother and is he happy or living your best life? I don't have a solid answer to this because my brother and I aren't close. As we've gotten older, like we'll chat occasionally. He loves video games and so do I. So we've played like Mario Brothers and like Mario Kart together. And I saw him when I went back to see my family during like Christmas time. And that was fun just hanging out. We've had like some good conversations, but I don't have a great answer for that. He's 22 now, I think. And like, I, I don't know what he thinks about my life, if anything. He's not on social media. 
He's a hermit, if I'm being honest. Uh, He still lives with my parents, which there is absolutely nothing wrong with any of those things. It's just he and I are polar opposites. So yeah, I wish I wish I could dive deeper into that, but that is like literally, that is all I've got for you. But I appreciate your question. Ellen asks, what advice would you give to your younger self? Perfect question. I will try to keep it a little bit shorter because we are already staring down the barrel of 30 minutes of content. There are different parts of me that I would say different things to. In a lot of my therapy sessions, I have been working on parts work. And that is essentially the sort of like meditation that the therapist takes you through. Almost like pretend like you are sitting down from a different age of yourself and talking to them. So I've had experiences sitting down with like my 13-year-old self or my 21-year-old self. And those two are like very different versions, different eras of me. 13-year-old me was very angry and very sad and extremely lonely. Um, I didn't feel safe in my home. I wrote a lot, like a lot of fiction stories. I didn't have a lot of friends. I was like starting to get introduced into like private and public school, which I did talk about that a little bit in the first episode where like, you know, starting ninth grade in a public school is just about as tumultuous as it could get. Uh, When you've never heard the word fuck and you're walking around and you're hearing every single curse word in the book and people are dressed differently from you because you were the good Christian girl and it was just, it was awful. It was rough. And then the 20, 21 year old me, I saw her in my first college apartment feeling both sad and depressed and discouraged, you know, out on her own. This is like sophomore year me. And I like I could very specifically when I was like sitting down with this part of me during this therapy session, I could see myself at my old apartment and we were just sitting outside on the sidewalk talking. And my therapist walked me through questions of like, you know, what do you wish you could say to her? And she was just always afraid of not making it. She was afraid of things not being any better, or that she was always going to stay stuck. And, uh, you know, the pandemic threw a lot of things off. It was fucking awful, but I would love to tell her that she will become more confident as time goes on, that she will become more assertive, that I am happier than I've been in a very long time. I finally feel like I am out of, you know, that pandemic me that felt so uncertain and uncomfortable in my body. I feel like I've grown into myself now. I still have days where I'm so insecure, but there is something to be said about making it to the back end of your 20s and feeling feeling more settled and secure in yourself. If I was talking to 21-year-old me, I'd tell her to wash her face, stop touching her face because that's how she's getting acne, go to sleep and stop scrolling Instagram, stop staying up until 3 a.m. scrolling Instagram. It is not good for your health, baby. And it is just, there's so many other things that are worth your attention. Um, That's not, I don't know, that, that sounds like harsh love, tough love, but it's true. Invest in some fairy lights and make the room cozy and stop leaving those overhead lights on because that just makes you even more depressed. I tell her to like prioritize her sleep, lean into some hobbies, explore. Yeah, I just, man, this is a, this is a complex question because there, I feel like this could be an entirely separate episode, which who knows, maybe I'll make it another bonus episode or I'll talk about it at some point. Man, there are so many things that I would say. And I, I hear people ask this question of so many other creators or podcasters and You get very different answers each time, and I feel like we're all just looking for something that helps us survive life and especially survive your 20s and survive uncertain times. And But if I could sit across from her, as cliche as it sounds, I would tell her that she's going to be okay. 
and she's going to be better than she thinks she will be. It's going to be a very long process to get there. It's going to be very hard. There's going to be a lot of tears. It's going to be awful. But one day, she will be one week out from moving to L.A. with her partner of four years. And she will have four cats. And she'll be recording an episode of a podcast sitting on her bedroom floor. And her cat will be meowing at her. Simba! Come here. She will be living two minutes from some of her best friends walking distance she'll live 15 minutes from the beach and she will have a full-time job and health insurance and she'll be working on vlogging and she's an artist and just I wish I could just show her what everything is going to look like uh, just so it gives her more hope uh, that things are not always going to feel so dark and confusing she's going to be okay Lindsay asks, what are healthy routines you've developed that help your mental health? Great question. I'm not going to go super in depth with it actually at the moment because that is a separate episode that I've planned out for, I don't even know how far out at this point because we're on bonus episodes. We're not even on the correct schedule. Um, I think it's, I called it hashtag Sunday reset because I wanted to talk about routines because I love my routines, but I have a couple of big ones that I can go on and share now. Um, skincare is so important to me. I I struggled with acne through college. It was awful. I still struggle with it at times, um, especially like along, along my jawline. If you're watching the video version, this is the best my face has looked in a very long time. I started just washing my face at night because I was horrific with washing my face. I would literally go to sleep with my makeup on. I cannot, I, I cannot even imagine myself doing that at this point because that feels disgusting in my head. Um, and sometimes I would pack new makeup on on top of that old makeup. There would be times I would go to sleep without brushing my teeth. And so one of the biggest things that helped me was starting to shower at night because uh, I hated taking my makeup off in the bathroom sink because it would just get so messy. And so I started like showering at night and it forced me to like take my makeup off. And even sometimes I would brush my teeth in the shower just to like get ahead on tasks. Another one, which I know a lot of people talk about this, but I stopped keeping my phone next to me in bed. I'm sorry if you can hear my cat. Give me one second. I can guarantee in about five minutes, she's going to be squeaking on the other side of the door to get back inside. Um... Where was I? Showering, skincare. Oh, leaving, not keeping my phone by my bed. That's something that I've developed over the last like six, seven months. And it's because my cat chewed through my phone cord and she's chewed through multiple over the last few years. So I was like, fuck this. I got to keep my phone charging on a different surface entirely. So I actually keep it in kind of our living room. I will say that has helped so much with getting me out of bed and not sitting in bed on my phone, especially like scrolling social media or checking emails or whatever. I'd say that's helped my mental health a lot. Other things, I go on a daily walk. There are no negotiations. It does not matter if it's raining, windy, cold, hot as fuck, or later in the evening. I do try to not walk like super late at night because I'm not comfortable with that. But that has been a non-negotiable for me since middle of February. Because it got to the point where that was the only thing that was helping me work through anxiety because I'm not on an SSRI anymore. I have two other medications that I'm on, um, but I got off of that because it was just like, this isn't working for my depression anymore. need to try something else. And so to mitigate for the fact that, you know, like 
did not realize my SSRI was actually helping my anxiety as much as it was. Like I just have to walk every day. And the last like couple of weeks, it's been very hard for me to want to get out. I, my schedule is just so thrown off that like I'm walking at odd times of days. And sometimes I'm only walking for 10 to 15 minutes because of the whole fuckery of moving. But I try to average at least 30 minutes to 45 minutes. I love walking in the mornings um, and I'll listen to either music or a podcast or sometimes I'll call a friend. It just it makes me feel a little bit more at ease in my body and I don't feel as anxious and I can absolutely like stake my life on the fact that like it is the primary reason my anxiety is not just through the roof right now. Introducing some form of like daily motion and activity has been monumental. God, I could like I could go into this for a while, which makes me excited to like talk about this in a separate episode. As for other things though, healthy routines, uh, even just hearing that, that just makes me so happy because there are just so many things that I would love to say about this. But what I will leave you with, so you have like a little tidbit to look forward to for the episode that I do record about this. I have picked up a lot of hobbies over the last four years. I try to think back to like earlier college me and what I used to do And besides scrolling social media and what I did with photography, I don't think I did anything except for maybe like watch YouTube and TV. Like I didn't play games. I wasn't into art, wasn't crocheting. I'd say like one of the positive things that has come out of the pandemic, there are so many negatives that came out of like the pandemic time for me, as I know it did for a lot of people, is my art. Actually, I started doing art in 2020. Um, In fact, I have a photo still from like middle of March, 2020, when I went to Hobby Lobby, when I realized like everything was about to get shut down, we had like one more day and things were shutting down. And I went to Hobby Lobby and got myself this like little cheap, basic, like uh, watercolor kit and a drawing pad, uh, maybe some acrylic stuff. I don't remember. And I just drew, I turned on like, uh, cause it was like right when Disney plus came out, I think. And so I turned on like Old Disney movies, we're talking like 101 Dalmatians and Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty. And I would like make myself dinner and I would sit and draw or paint. Um, And then later into the year, I think like September, October, November, I had moved in with Kevin and I found Cheyenne Barton's art stuff, which is just my absolute favorite artist. Always has been, probably always will. She's so authentic and just I absolutely love listening to her talk and I like I've been rewatching a lot of her videos right now as I've been like extraordinarily stressed and I'm like getting back into art. But in like November I started drawing more seriously and like following what she was doing and then I eventually got an iPad and I was like very into like digital art. And I've cycled through stuff as like time has gone on which has been cool, but I would say having a mixture of hobbies to dive into as I've gotten older, has been really wonderful for mental health because I just, I do not have as much of a desire to scroll social media because these hobbies mean so much to me. Um, I started gaming again because of Kevin. I used to game when I was a kid and it just was not a concept for me up until I met him because he's a huge gamer. He loves like gaming stuff. He's got like an entire computer set up. It's wild. And he got us, me, a Switch for like our first anniversary and it was like during the pandemic. And so I started playing Animal Crossing again. Uh, Oh, and it was so wonderful, especially during 2020 when everything was just like trash. Um, And then I picked up Stardew Valley, which I'm like back into playing again. I started a new save file and I'm like just obsessively playing it right now. I'm like, if you know anything about that game, I'm like on 
like the middle of autumn the first year so I'm like starting to like my crops are like growing and I'm selling more and like I finally have some chickens and cows and that's oh I just love that game so much um gotten into Breath of the Wild Tears of the Kingdom comes out in like 11 days very excited about that it's a Zelda game um, I played some computer games before. I'd ideally love to play more computer games. Kevin has like an old computer system and monitor that in our new house, I ideally want to be able to hook up so I can like tether my MacBook to the monitor and do like a split screen as well as like have the ability to like play games. I crochet. It's something to do with my hands. And I remember I started it on my birthday because I had like a crochet kit that I hadn't touched in a few weeks when I first ordered it. And then on my birthday, I was like feeling really depressed and sad that day. Um, pretty sure that was the day I decided it was like, I'm not going to be on social media indefinitely. And I just started crocheting. I can hear my cat meowing right now. If you can hear it, I'm very sorry. Once again, this is scuffed as fuck. Thank you for being here. I love painting my nails. I uh, have not done it in a while. I'm. This it, kind of ties in with like the, you know, routines. Like I, I try to keep the house is clean as possible, at least like what I can control. Like we have our shared chores. I don't know, that, that sounds dumb, but just like having a clean space has really helped because I still remember like freshman, sophomore year of college and just like I had mountains of clothes on the floor. It was awful. And my bedroom was just always a mess. And I will say like just working on the discipline of keeping stuff clean also helped with mental health stuff. Christy asks, did you go to and graduate from college? And if so, can you tell us about that part of your journey? I can, and I'm not going to fully right now. Again, this is like a separate episode that I planned because I, I was going to talk about and sort of like my depression episode, like walking you through what certain things looked like and like college is a really big part of that. I did graduate college. I went to Kennesaw State University in Georgia. I graduated in 2019 right before the pandemic like started I was like one of the last graduating groups that had like a normal graduation that was very special I still remember running out and I think I saw Kevin first when I like ran out of the auditorium and then I saw my mom and like was like tearing up because it had taken so much for me to get to where I was I'd failed like the same class twice and that put me behind with graduating in May and so I'd had to graduate in July um, and I and I had to take a summer class and that was rough. Um, and it was a computer class that I failed. I dropped accounting because I was like, this is going to fucking mess up my GPA. When people ask me how my college experience was, like, I feel pretty terrible for saying this. But on an educational level, I did not retain anything from college. And that makes me mad because I was I, I have a bachelor's in communications uh, and like social sciences with like an emphasis on media and entertainment. And I just remember the classes that I was in where like every single semester you start out for a few weeks about the history of like entertainment. And it's just like, I get it. It's not that it's not important, but I don't need five classes over like the course of my like like educational career diving into the same shit. Uh, you know, I'm just memorizing stuff for the test and that's it. And that it makes me very angry that that is how like our educational system is because the second that I got out of school I actually got interested in learning stuff it's like I learn a lot of shit on YouTube I love to like read about things now like and that's something else that kind of makes me mad is like I've taught myself more or learned from other people more than I ever did in college like I straight up had to fucking teach one of my college professors how to use Premiere Pro because he was supposed to teach us how and by that point like 
I taught myself slash like had one friend help me with Premiere and I was sitting in a class and dude was struggling. Dude was like, could not even figure out how to add like a new sequence. Yeah, that's, that is how my experience was. I'd say like the biggest thing I got out of it were life lessons. And a lot of it had to do with my mental health and taking care of myself as well as like living on my own. Um, That was very important to me. My home life was pretty awful. And so having that space away as well as being able to experiment and met a lot of new people, had my ideals challenged, which is really funny for me to think about that now because the, the church girl, the way that I grew up, like I remember people people talking about how dangerous it was to like go to college because like you have your ideals challenged especially when you're in the science class and you've got your teacher telling you that evolution is real kind of thing I'm like I understand why people leave religion in college because for the first time in your fucking life you're actually exposed to different forms of thought and you're not afraid to like consider them and be like what if someone else has it right as well what if there isn't just one truth? It, it just, I'm going to get into that a little bit later because I'd say that like more, that more is, I don't know, I feel like I can cover that more in like the religious episode, but I made a couple of good friends in college, but for the most part, like I just, it wasn't my peak years and I'm so, so thankful that it wasn't. Um, I feel like I am only just beginning in my peak years of like creativity and actually diving into the things that I want to School in general just like sucked for me. I think I was a straight A student up until senior year of high school. And then like, I think I started getting B's and C's because I just stopped caring. And then college, I'm pretty sure I had a 3.1 GPA, which even just the fact that I like made it out with a three something was a really big deal considering failing those two classes. I just stopped caring, man. It was probably not great, but also I don't care because like, I knew what I was passionate about and I knew I knew the skills that I brought to the table and also knowing that for the most part in any other profession, your GPA is just not going to fucking matter. It's not to say it doesn't matter, especially if you are in college right now. I think there's a part of me that like will wish that like wishes I didn't go to college just because <laughs> I'm like paying student loans and that is not fun to pay those off. But I would say what I paid for are like very important life experiences and being able to live away from home, which I know not everyone has that like privilege to do that. So we have one more question. I have somehow made it 50 minutes into the podcast. This was not my intention. I thought I was going to be a lot quicker with answering these. Um, This one I will say is a lot longer. I'm only going to be able to answer this a little bit because this is a very specific episode that I have planned. It's a couple of episodes from now. It's going to be called You're On Your Own Kid. Uh, Anonymous asks, how did you come to the point after having such a deeply religious family to leave? Do you think your family being so religious actually pushed you away or was it other realizations that you developed? What resources did you use to research Christianity and what would you say to someone who is currently in the stages of questioning their beliefs? What do you believe now? Would you consider yourself atheist, etc.? After deconstructing religion, did you ever think, shit, what if I'm wrong? What about if I have or want children and don't know which way to raise them? God, what a fantastic question. I am so honored that this person felt comfortable asking this because even just admitting that you have questions about the religion that you're in, that is such a scary thing to do. That requires so much bravery and so much honesty with yourself. So to the person who did ask this, I commend you for that. 
I'm trying to think how best to answer this without turning this into another two hour long episode because I want to give you something and like like a little taste so that you are going to be excited for the episode that I will talk about this in depth. I actually like the question, you know, after deconstructing religion, did you ever think, shit, what if I'm wrong? I'd say yes and no. In the beginning, I did for sure because I started deconstructing, which I don't even like that word because I've seen churches have started to use that. And that makes me mad. I started stepping away from religion kind of right at the beginning of the pandemic. You know, like everyone has a lot of free time. And I started listening to a couple of these podcasts from like ex-evangelists who just were sharing these like hilarious, relatable stories of like growing up in church and, you know, everything from like the Sunday morning church services and Sunday school to church camps and purity culture and politics. So many things that I was just like, I feel so seen. And for a while, because I grew up Christian, the concept of like Jesus and God was untouchable. I was just like, okay, you know, I'm just focused on like what I don't like about the church. And then over time, it was like the rabbit hole kept getting deeper. It was like, okay, well, if I'm wrong about this, what about this? And you start looking at things through a microscope, getting really honest with yourself and being like, hold up, something's not right about this. Or uh, best example I could give to that is honestly sex. Then next like couple of episodes of the podcast, I do have like an episode dedicated to like sex ed because I was not taught anything about sex and like there's like a lot of shame around that. I do feel like that like can tie in purity culture. I felt lied to about sex. I think sex is a very sacred, wonderful thing. But the first time that I had sex, it's not that I was overwhelmed, uh, underwhelmed. It was just like, that's it? This is what they have been like telling me like To not even, like, consider, like, I don't even know how it fucking works. Like, let me save my first kiss for marriage. And, like, I I don't even hold hands with someone because, oh, my God, what if I'm going to be tempted to, like, have sex with the person? Like, I will never forget a pastor at our Baptist church. I think it was a guest pastor talking about how he wouldn't even put himself in an elevator alone with a woman because he, A, didn't want it to, like, look like something bad was going to happen. B, because he didn't want that temptation there. And now, now that I'm older, I'm like bitch, if you feel tempted to take advantage of someone in a fucking elevator because she is the opposite sex of you, something's wrong with you. Something is seriously wrong with your ideology and your theology. Like, please check yourself and maybe, maybe, like, go to therapy. God, it is just, it is a rabbit hole. It is a spider web of things that go into why I started questioning, when I started questioning, And where I am now, something I have always wanted to be is like a resource when it comes to leaving religion. And really, I can only speak to Christianity because I do not have experience with any other religions. I've had exposure to New Age and I'm very angry at it for very different reasons. And that is a separate episode for a different time. Uh, But overall, like, it is quite scary questioning those things and when you do get to a point that you're comfortable of like saying I'm not a Christian anymore or I'm choosing to not care as much what my family thinks about me because this is what feels right to me like that is very hard my family is still very religious um I have an aunt and an uncle who are pastors I've not seen them in four years which that's also because I've moved um I've always been afraid of what they think of me though I don't know if they're listening to this or watching this. I doubt that they are. But even if they are, you know, like my mom is still very religious as well. She and I have not had conversations about this. And that is very important to me. That is a massive boundary for me because I'm not ready for that. Like I know that she knows 
And I know that she's really sad about it. And even then that is its own, like, it is such a complex, messy thing. But part of this question was, you know, shit, what if I'm wrong? I don't feel that as much as I do. Just almost FOMO and a sense of, it's not regret because I just can't go back. I can't unsee things. I can't unsee and just be like, Ugh, this just makes me cringe or whatever. Like, and I'm again, I'm trying to temper what I say so that I can like save more information for a later episode. But I don't have the peace of mind that, say, someone who is a Christian or religious has when someone they love dies because I'm not, I don't personally have this belief anymore that we go anywhere at the moment, which it could change. At the moment, I personally feel like we just kind of go unconscious and that's it. Like, it's like you go to sleep and you just don't wake up. Uh, and death is very hard to talk about. Um, I have to be cautious with how I navigate this sort of existential question of like, you know, where do we go after we die and all these things. Like, it's not all tied up with a pretty packaging and pretty bow. Like, But I will say, because I don't believe that anymore, it makes me so much more grateful for the time that I do have. And I think it forces me to be mindful of the time that I do have like with my partner or my family or my grandma. It's like the last time I saw my grandma was uh, December and I really want to go back to see her because she's getting older. I think she's 80 and, you know, I'm seeing her start to decline in her years and like it makes me sad thinking about the day that she's not going to be here. And, you know, I don't know what happens after death. I, no one knows. And I think, I really do think it's foolish to say that you know the truth. Because there are so many fucking people on this planet who have so many different belief systems and, like, childhoods and experiences and exposures to things. They think they are just as right as you are. That does not make what you believe right. And so I'm sitting here with my own beliefs. I'm like, yeah, you know, I just don't think there's anywhere that we go. I could be fucking wrong. You know, like the universe is so expansive. It is just unimaginably massive. Like who the fuck am I to say? So like one of the other questions was, am I an atheist or like, what do I identify as? I, I really love not identifying as anything. Maybe that's agnostic. Maybe it is atheist. I, I I think I do lean more atheist at the moment just like because I don't believe anything is influencing my life. I don't believe there's like this universe or God or presence influencing things. I've talked with my therapist about this and I think what I'm most comfortable with at the moment, and I continue to say this because like these deeply held beliefs that I had all through growing up longer than I have had these current beliefs, like they were challenged and they changed. So I am very open to these changing again in the future as I get older and more experiences happen. But at the moment, I like imagining like future me sending love and encouragement back because that's actually something that I've done since college. I will write letters to my future self in my journals and like I'm notorious for like, I'll go back through my journals, like looking for notes. And if I happen to stumble upon a note that I wrote in like 2020 and it's like, dear Emily, here's where I'm at right now. I believe that you're going to be okay. It's like this weird mixture of trying to encourage myself while also like imagining future me looking back on who I am now and being like really proud of me or yeah, I just, I don't know if that makes sense. And I probably did not explain that as well as I would like to have had. But yeah, I, I just don't really know. It just, it honestly just feels really wonderful to not feel ashamed about things. 
that I have a moral compass and I do the right thing, but I don't worry about sins, like the benefits of not associating with religion anymore, I would say weigh out the like any negatives that like come from not being within religion. Like there is sort of this loss of community because you had a built-in community when you went to church. Um, You have people who believe the same thing that you do. And something that I've talked about with friends before is that just like looks different if you're just not in the church. Like there's still ways to plug in with your community. There are still ways to find common interests with someone. I have friends who are like who were raised atheists and they don't have this sense of FOMO where they're like, you know, I kind of regret like leaving religion because I wonder if things were better. Maybe ignorance was bliss. Like that is something that I've thought about. Which part of it is hard to admit that because I do know that there are some friends of mine who are still within the church who are listening to this. And it kind of makes me worried that it's almost like a ha or waiting for Emily to come back to Jesus because she's been living in sin. And that's been a really difficult one to process through because I was always so afraid of being this like bad person and I wasn't good enough and that I like need <laughs> that I needed someone outside of me to give me my worth that it's literally like drilled down in your mind and you like the people who really believe this that it's wild to me that they're just like yeah you know I am nothing but God is everything I'm like what the fuck does that do to your self-esteem because I've come out of this like insecure as fuck and only now am I starting to like believe in myself, have faith in myself, trust the process, all of these things. And like, I would have never felt that way prior. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't take this credit. It's all God. Like, I think as I say these things, like it is baffling to me that I used to believe them because they feel so foreign to me. Like I've been essentially out of Christianity for upwards of four years now. It's gotten to the point that I don't even remember like certain Bible verses that I used to memorize. Like I don't miss praying um, feels really nice not being worried about the devil listening to my thoughts and setting things up for me and, you know, trying to cause me to stumble. It's just life is so much more simpler. And I also cherish it so much more because I believe I only have one life. And if that's the case, that I'm going to soak up as much time as I can doing absolutely whatever I love and being as mindful as I can when I am with the people that I love. I think about that with my boyfriend where, you know, I don't know how long we're going to be together. I don't know what life will look like for us, but I try to, I this sounds morbid, but I try to imagine like him being gone and what that would feel like, that pain, that grief of what that feels like. And that makes me savor and enjoy our moments together more where I'm not worrying about the future and I'm not like thinking about the past. I'm just in the moment, which again is why I've, started this podcast in the first place and why I'm like looking back into doing art stuff again is because I get one shot I get one life you don't always have time and a lot of people say that but you don't you just don't know and I just want to make the most of it god there are so many things that I would love to say to this but I'm looking up at the the timer on my phone where I'm recording the video portion and it's, we're, we're right at an hour was not expecting this. I do need to go on and start wrapping up because I got a lot of shit I need to do. I got to take stuff to Goodwill. Um, I have therapy at noon. so like my last appointment with this therapist. And I don't want to just leave you here because it's like we started diving in really deep. I don't know if you've experienced in therapy where you start talking about like some really deep stuff and 
you know, maybe the therapist isn't great about transitioning you back into the real world and they just leave you raw and numb. And I don't want to do that for you, but just wanted to kind of start transitioning us out because I do have other priorities and obligations. I think the podcast is going to look different. This is my second episode doing like this bonus episode style where I don't have a script. I'm just rambling. I'm just me. I don't give a shit about like the pauses and the ums. And if I'm saying things correctly, like it's just flowing. And I've gotten multiple people already like messaging me or texting me saying like it felt so much more relatable. This like last episode where I was talking about dreams and whatever. And uh, yeah, I think I, I will still follow the script, the menu of like certain topics to talk about because it does give me a structure, but it already has me rethinking season two of like, maybe I'll just like do, you know, talk about whatever I want each week uh, and keep it like a little bit more fluid because I don't know, there's something cozy about sitting on my bedroom floor holding this microphone talking. And I've loved when people have said it feels like that they're talking to an old friend over FaceTime. Oh, I had one friend message me. This is like the most wonderful compliment I've ever received in my life. She said, you know, my feet hit the floor at like 5 a.m. for work. And I go and I start getting ready and I'm making my breakfast. And every Wednesday morning, uh, you know, the podcast, the episode is already loaded up and ready. It announces it's like the first one on my feed. And I click into it and I'm listening to it while I'm getting ready. And she just being like, it's so comforting to hear your voice. And it makes me want to cry because I have people like that that I look to, like the artists that I follow or a couple of other podcasts, even like, you know, the church deconstructionist podcasts that I listen to, like those voices were always so comforting to me. And that is what I've always dreamed of having is like me being that way for someone else. So for those of you who are listening, for those of you who've lasted for an hour and 10 minutes with me, God, thank you so much for listening and keeping up. I can never thank you enough. I can get very discouraged about just like the low views that I get. You know, I have like trusted friends who are so supportive and who are listening every week and that makes me so happy and I'm having to remind myself that that is enough it is okay that I do not have this massive following I'd love to tell myself that it is okay if I never make money from this but I gotta be honest I secretly hope I do one day but you know what it's fine I'm not gonna worry about that right now right now it is May 2nd 2023 six days out from moving to LA sitting on my bedroom floor watching the wind outside. It's sunny and I've got at least one cat sleeping behind me. And I'm just very grateful. I'm very happy to have this space. So grateful that I'm finally recording this. Thank you for being along on this journey and for sitting at this table with me today. I hope that you got something out of this. I hope you feel a little bit more comforted and seen. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're up to today, make sure you drink water. Make sure you eat some food. If you're able, get some sleep. If you can, I understand that can be difficult. So if you can't try to find all the cozy things uh, and do all the cozy things that you can just so you don't hate yourself so much. And above all else, make yourself a cup of tea and be kind to yourself. I'll see you soon. Actually, I will see you in LA. Oh my God. I just realized the next episode I record is going to be in LA. In fact, I'm a little nervous about that because I just... The, like the day that we move is a Monday and then Tuesday is when we're going to be unpacking. And I, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to record that episode and have it ready for you Wednesday and tell you how the movie experience went and how I'm feeling. So stay tuned for that. Okay, I'll see you soon.